Please stand clear of the doors. Por favor, manténganse alejado de las puertas. Welcome aboard the Walt Disney World Express Monorail, our highway in the sky. For those of you standing, please hold on to the handrails throughout our journey and stay clear of the doors. For the comfort of others, no smoking, please. Thank you. Hiya, folks. You're listening to Two Men and the Mouse, episode 183 on the White Dragon Podcast Network, recorded live on August 27th, 2019. This is your everyday guide to the magic of Walt Disney World and the larger Disney universe beyond it. My name is Kevin Kessler, and I am joined, as always, by my good buddy, Peter Mandel. Hey, Kev. Hey, what's going on, buddy? Uh, nothing, you? Oh, so much to get to today. Folks, we are two lifelong Disney fanatics who have managed to keep the magic of Disney alive in our lives every day, and we want to share that magic with you. So pull up a chair, gather the family, or pop in your favorite set of headphones, and let's experience the magic together. Pete! Kevin. What is going on, my friend? How, how have you? Were you as glued uh, to the D twenty three news as I was this week? Yeah, I mean, this is where you can't argue living in the information age, right? I mean, it's coming to you at real time. Oh yeah, totally. It's it's just so fun. Love it. So, in keeping with that, folks, D twenty three was this past week. If you, in case you've been living under a Disney rock, um, there's so much that was announced at this D23 that we have to dedicate an entire e-ticket attraction to it. I mean, we're talking information on the Star Wars hotel, which is more like a Star Wars cruise ship, apparently, uh, from, yeah. what, from what they're saying. But also um, a lot of information regarding uh, Epcot and the total reimagining of Epcot. So we have a lot to talk about. In other words, it's my favorite park. I know. Do you think it's still? I mean, you know what? After we talk about everything that's coming to Epcot, I want to like really dive down into your psyche a little bit and try to figure out if it's still going to be your favorite park at the end of it. Okay. Because yeah, like there's a lot we don't know yet. That's true. Uh, so, but we do have some non D23 news to get to first. So the news this week brought to you as always by our good friend Dave Weikert of Magical Travel, who will plan your Disney vacation vacation for you at no additional cost to you uh reach out to dave at disney dave w disney dave w at verizon.net i had the hiccup sorry um okay so worldwide news uh one day at disney is coming to disney plus this winter have you seen this i did read a little bit about it so disney plus was i would say other than epcot disney plus was the big star of d23 this year I mean, of course. And I know technically I mean, this is D20. Question. Yeah. And I know this is technically D23 news, but we're putting it here because it's not park specific news. Um, right. But I mean, Disney Plus, like how excited are you for Disney Plus? Oh, I can't wait. It's going to have everything, dude. And like, not like when, when DC Universe Online happened and they were like, it's going to be everything. And then I'm like, okay, cool. Where's Justice League versus Teen Titans? And it's not up there. Right. Or where's Adam West Batman and it's not up there? Like, don't say everything when it's not everything. Like, I, I really think Disney Plus is going to have everything. It's fairly priced. Like, this new Warner Brothers uh, streaming service that's coming out is going to be like 20 bucks a month. Have you seen that? That's great. 20 that's bucks a month. Me- meanwhile, Disney is doing what? What is it? $6 a month? $8 it's a month? $6.99, I think. Yeah. Like, that's unbelievable that you're getting that much content for so little. This is going to be a huge nail in the coffin of cable television. 
uh, and Netflix, I believe. Oh, totally. Totally. I think Netflix will. I think it's it's not like it's just going to go away, but I think uh, the Netflix people are probably scrambling a little bit, which is why this week when you saw things like the Breaking Bad movie being announced, and yes. we all assumed it would be on AMC, and it's actually going to Netflix. Mm-hmm. I, I think they're just uh, they're just really really looking for content at yes, the moment. Completely agreed. Uh, so one day at Disney is going to debut December third, twenty nineteen, on Disney Plus. And it, and there's also going to be a 224 page coffee table book that arrives in bookstores on the same day. Uh, it's executive produced by Michael Antinoro and David Chamberlain for Endeavor Content. The series kicks off with a feature length documentary highlighting not only GM Good Morning America's Roberts, but also the likes of, in alphabetical order, Walt Disney Imagineer Eric Baker, who helped bring Star Wars Galaxy's Edge to life. WDI's uh, Ashley Gerdich, a research and development project manager in the world of robotics technology. Legendary animator Eric Goldberg, who worked on Aladdin, Pocahontas, and um, Get a Horse, which was the Academy Award-nominated short. Uh, Disneyland Railroad cast member Mark Gonzalez. Disney Worldwide Publishing's senior illustration manager Grace Lee. South African actor Zamavus Zama Maguduela. Currently portraying Rafiki. I want to applaud you just for the effort there. Thank you. Uh, I'm serious. Currently portraying Rafiki in the Madrid production of Disney on Broadway's The Lion King. Uh, Marvel Studios head of visual development Ryan uh, Minerding, who worked on Avengers Endgame and Guardians of the Galaxy. Walt Disney World Resort veterinarian Dr. Natalie. I'm not even going to try to pronounce her last name. Uh, Oh, come on. You've come this far. You just worked (laughs) through those other ones. You have to at least give it a shot. Dr. Natalie Milanichenko. See, like, if she's listening to this, she wants to know you at least tried. All right, well, she's I tried. Like, that guy butchered my name, but I mean, at least he tried to give me some, you know, credit. I tried, Dr. Natalie. Thank you for all you do for our animal friends at Animal Kingdom. Uh, Pixar artist and sculptor Jeremy Ranft. And it fo- and following the debut of, this, of the special, more than 50 one-day at Disney shorts, ranging in length between four to seven minutes, will debut each week on Disney+. Plus. I love this. And I think, it's a, I think it's really Disney knowing their audience because everybody loves the cast members. Everybody's fascinated by the cast members, and they want to know more. Yeah. I mean, who, I've, I'll watch anything about Disney theme parks. You know what? I wasn't really thinking about theme park like... Um, like a, like a theme park documentary series, but they could totally do that now. Like, remember? Did the, you ever watch? Did you ever watch the Disney Wedding Show? You know what? I have every episode DVR'd. I've not watched a second of it. Okay, so this is on. So I DVR'd it also, and I would watch it. I can remember like my sister in law and my wife and my daughter would always like sit down and like watch it with me. And it's so funny because they're watching it and like they care about the wedding stuff and like what they did. I'm exclusively in this for the theme park stuff. Right. You only care. Like, about, you only want to see start. like how they make up the area, like you know this familiar area to now look like now don't get me wrong i actually like weddings more than most guys and like i like stuff like you know like oh she wore this dress i Mm -hmm. like all that stuff but i'm really watching like i wouldn't watch normal wedding shows i'm really watching this for the disney world aspect of it of course the rest of my family loves the disney world aspect and loves the wedding so it's so funny that uh you know i will watch anything that is theme park related absolutely remember netflix used to have like all these disney parks documentaries up yeah. Now they don't have them anymore. I wonder if those will be on Disney Plus. I doubt it because they're outdated. Yeah, uh, very true. Like, I remember. I remember the Animal Kingdom one 
because they would show them on Travel Channel too. Travel Network is that yeah, what yeah, it was? Yeah. They like stepping around. Um, I remember the Animal Kingdom one. I I DVR'd it one day, even though I've seen it a million times. And when I watched it, I was surprised they added in like the Pandora stuff. This is a couple of years ago. Yeah. And I was like, oh, look at that! Like they actually like updated like the end of it. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. But in turn, I, I can't imagine them putting the old ones up just because. I don't know. Why right. would they when the, the factual information might not be factual anymore? Yeah. Um, okay, so in res- we have no Springs news. We do have resort news. The value resort, the food courts at Disney's value resorts, so we're talking All-Star Resorts and Pop Century, are going to be opening early for Galaxy's Edge. Uh, not art of animation, though, according to this. All-Star Resorts food courts and the Pop Century food court We'll have the following operating hours between August twenty nine, starting on August 29th, 2019. So this Thursday for Galaxy's Edge is opening. Uh, from the uh, the 29th will be two thirty a.m. to midnight. Um, August thirtieth and thirty first, three thirty a.m. to midnight. September first and second, three thirty a.m. to midnight. September third through thirtieth, four fifteen a.m. to midnight. So. All right. People can get an early breakfast. Well, because they're doing those extra magic hours, like extra, extra magic hours where Galaxy's Edge will open up at like 6 a.m. By the way, Galaxy's Edge opens up for the the opening at 6 a.m. on Thursday, but that's to everybody. What time is it open for you? 6 a.m. What time are you going to be there? I got to see when they're opening the parking lot. I called Disney yesterday to try to find out, and they were kind of like, oh, well, the parking lot usually opens up about an hour and a half to two hours before park opening. So I'm thinking I'll grab my friends at like three and try to be there okay. like by four. I'm really excited. Yeah. Um, we'll, we'll get to more about that in, in a bit because they released a little bit of information about how they're doing it. No water park or Magic Kingdom news, uh, but we do have some Epcot news that, you know, um, we have a new movie coming to the China Pavilion. Okay. Wondrous China, presented in a new seamless digital 360-degree format. The movie will include new scenes, music, and locations. An opening date has not yet been announced. Now, the big news, there's a new Canada Circle Vision show opening January 2020 called Canada Far and Wide, featuring new scenes, a new story, and unfortunately, new music. Why, unfortunately? Because Canada, You're a Lifetime Journey is like my favorite song. But uh, don't you have that like on a CD somewhere? Canada, my Canada. Like no, but yes, I have it on. I have it on a million CDs. Um, but the 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 joy of hearing it played as the Circle Vision pans over the over the waters of Canada or the spot, you know, this the the towering buildings of Toronto, like that. That is my Canada. Okay. Um, you ever been to Canada? Uh, no, <laughs> not yet. <laughs> I love it from afar. Uh, right, right. Animal, <laughs> Animal Kingdom news. Uh, so this is a rumor, strictly a rumor. Now, D twenty three was interesting because there was news on everything from Magic Kingdom, Hollywood Studios, so much Epcot, beyond the parks, sweeping things. Uh, nothing about Animal Kingdom. However, WWNT is reporting a rumor that a new e-ticket attraction is on its way to Animal Kingdom for 2024. Now, take this for what you will. A lot of times, WWNT, they'll—I mean—they'll pretty much post anything, any like rumor. But 
they've also been right a few times. Like we laughed at them when they were like, "Oh yeah, the the great movie ride is going to become a Mickey Mouse attraction." We were like, "Yeah, okay," and then it happened. Right. Well, I mean, right. So I mean, under the guise of being a rumor, I mean, you can kind of say anything, and that's fine. I, I'd yes. actually rather that. I mean, I, I I don't know. I like rumors, but um, I mean, we're talking about five years from now, so the concept of Animal Kingdom getting an e-ticket attraction within five years. I don't know. I kind of hope so. Yeah. The park so needs it a little bit. You know? It says, uh, since the opening of Pandora in 2017, very little from Disney's Animal Kingdom Park has made headlines, save for the addition of a newly refurbished Otter Grotto, which is wonderful, by the way. The Otter Grotto is amazing. Uh, uh, the closure and subsequent reopening of Rafiki's Planet Watch, and now a burgeoning uh, Club 33 location. Along the way, we've also seen the addition of a divisive nighttime show named Rivers of Light. Over in Dinoland USA, attractions like Primeval Whirl are going down for extended unplanned maintenance and are being left out to rot. Uh, needless to say, Animal Kingdom could use another heavy hitter, and surely the new animation experience alone isn't going to cut it. The good news is a new e-ticket attraction has been greenlit and accommodated for in the budget set to open in the park by 2024. Many of those in the know will be quick to tie this in with rumors of a Zootopia-themed land coming to the park, and surely that land would contain an e-ticket attraction as well, but it is unclear as to whether these two projects are one and the same. The Zootopia land being constructed at Shanghai Disneyland will feature one e-ticket attraction coincidentally. Um, so that is something to watch out for. I mean, I would love a Zootopia attraction and themed land in Animal Kingdom. Me I think it would be great. Um now, is there a Zootopia sequel coming? I don't know. I, I, no... I mean, I know it sounds crazy, but is Zootopia big enough IP that, like, you know, five years from now, we're still going to be like, Zootopia? I think more. I think it's more so the fact that, like, Zootopia ties in with the theme of Animal Kingdom. Yeah. No, that I get being that animals part. and how they live together. Like, I think that's more, you but know. You know how it works. I mean, they normally like to... Now, I mean, if you're building, you know, something in a park, like, you know, it has to have staying power, of course. But You know, does it, though? Because 8,000 kids ask, who's that, when John Smith swings from the top of Fantasmic every night? Uh, yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's, that's totally different. I mean, <laughs> I, I couldn't believe it. When I took my kids to see Fantasmic, which was one time. Right. Um, you know, Heather and I used to go all the time, like in the nineties, right? right? Like, cause it was every day, multiple times a day. So we would just like go and like, we'd go to the early one and then like take off. And, and I can remember taking the kids and being like, oh my gosh, I just totally forgotten about that. They the whole haven't thing. changed like, it at this all. It's exactly like what they've been doing for like decades. It's insane. Yeah. But you know, what can you do? Um, Hollywood Studios news. Closing out the news here. Uh, Galaxy's Edge's dedication ceremony is going to be tomorrow morning. It will be broadcast live on the Disney Parks app, and it will take place from 9.55 a.m. Now, do I do I try to go to this? Uh, you know, I'll tell you why you shouldn't go. Why? I, well, I mean, you watched the Disneyland one, as did I. Actually, I didn't. What? I didn't watch it, no. You didn't watch the live Disneyland one? It was awesome. No, I didn't care because it was Disneyland. <laughs> oh, my God. And it had such a touching moment, too. Like, they brought out, like, everyone. Like, they brought out, like, George Lucas. Yeah, but and, I figured they'll it, do that again. And I wanted to, like, go in oh, fresh see, I was for just it. Say, I don't think they're doing that again. You don't think <laughs> like, they're going to bring out George Lucas for it again? No, do I, I think they're getting everyone to come back, like, two months later to do this again? Probably not. But 
dude, Harrison Ford was there. And like, you know, they they were outside the Falcon. They'd set right. up the state. And at the end, like, you know, they couldn't get the Falcon to work. Like Chewie was in the, you could see Chewie in the cockpit and they uh-huh. couldn't get it to work. So Harrison Ford like went over, they were like, can you help us? And he like goes over there and he turned and he's like, Peter, this one's for you for peter mayhew who had just passed oh. and he like bangs on the falcon and it starts it was so cool like i that was like i cool. couldn't believe i'm getting a little choked up at this you know what i'm actually willing i'm willing to i'm actually now thinking that it wouldn't actually do any good to go there because it's probably only open to press now that i think about it these dedications usually aren't open to the public from what i remember like from the um snow white's my uh the seven dwarves mine train and pandora i don't think those were open to the public yeah, but if this is at, yeah, maybe you might be right. I don't know. It all depends. Like, if they're going to go by the Falcon, then then no, it won't be because they're not going to open up the land a day early. Right. Yeah. They. I mean, they're going to be in there. Yeah. So I figured it would just be outside, like the gate or something like that. So, uh, but it will be broadcast live on the Disney Parks blog. Uh, a virtual queue is coming for Galaxy's Edge. Using the My Disney Experience app, a virtual queue will be set up. Can't wait for that to not work. Uh, no, I'm, I'm kidding. I do like the idea of a virtual queue. Uh, allows guests to save a spot in a virtual line and then receive a time to enter the land. The same system was deployed at Disneyland, but was rarely used because people didn't go. Uh, Star Wars Galaxy's Edge opens to all guests at 6 a.m. Uh, this Thursday, the 29th. So honestly, you know what? Like I'm, I'm like braced for like crowd Mageddon for this. Like I'm, I'm braced for it to be yeah, like to. one of the worst experiences of my life. But I'm also like, there's a shred of hope in my mind that like, because everyone I know is like, no way, I'm not going to that. Like maybe it's one of those things where it's like the fear of overcrowding will make it not as crowded as I thought it was going to be. I don't know. I think I, I actually think it's a little bit of the reverse. I think that there's so much like, oh, Galaxy's Edge was a bust in Disneyland mentality that I think people think it's not going to be bad. Guys, it's going to be bad. I mean, it's, it's going to be, be like, Alex, I'm, I'm not thinking I'm going to walk on to, to Smuggler's Run on Thursday, but I don't know if it's going to be the madhouse that everybody thinks it's going to be. I think it's going to be a madhouse. OK. All right, that makes sense. I also, you know. Hope for the best. Prepare yeah, for the of worst. course. I, I mean, know. I'll be updating you periodically, and I'll be updating all of our listeners as well. I'll be live. I'll yeah, try this, to. This begins a uh, a long, maybe five, six week, every day monitoring of Galaxy's Edge by me. So this way, yes. I can really plan mm-hmm. my own Galaxy's Edge in October. So well, I mean, Thursday is going to be nuts in general because not only do you have Galaxy's Edge opening, but it's the first day of International Food and Wine Festival. Oh well, maybe that draws some people away. Or maybe it just draws more people in. You know, it's weird. At the same time, I mean, when my friend went to Disneyland, I can remember we monitored it a little bit. And, and right away in the morning, it was packed. Like, they, the, the ride had a crazy long line. You looked at later in the day, nothing. Really? It was crazy. So I wonder if that's part of it also. Huh. It's very you know? it's very possible. But, you know, uh, the other thing is I feel like a lot of people that are going to be there are merchandise hunters who want that, like, opening day merch. And they're yeah. and they're gonna like be rushing to um, you know the the shops and stuff like that. So I don't know. You might be right. By the way, I need a white and a yellow crystal. Should you see them, Kevin? I'll look. I'll keep an eye out. White and yellow. I'm gonna see you on this trip. So yeah, and I could always just uh, you know send you the money electronically, like the young people do. Uh huh. So let me know. Look yellow. At you, and look white at you crystal. embracing the times. 
Well, I, I mean, I don't know. I think that's what I see other people do. No, so. it is like Venmo. Venmo and Cash App are like the greatest things in the world because it doesn't charge right, you. I any. don't have. I don't have either of them, but I could get it if it meant that you could find me a yellow and well, white. Crystal. They don't. They don't charge you a surcharge. So like it's it's like when you when you go to like a Tejas or something like that, and you know instead of like everybody throwing cash down, you could all just Venmo like one person in your group like the money, right. and then they just give the one card. Oh no, my Tejas crew knows everyone brings cash. We do it ahead of time. Uh huh. It's just the way it is. It makes my life. Well, easier. I mean, you guys, you guys are a well-oiled machine at this point. Um, right, right. Uh, folks, we are going to take a quick commercial break. We're going to hear from our sponsors and the rest of the White Dragon podcast. Now we're going to be back with our e-ticket attraction of the week. So stay tuned, folks. More two men in the mouse coming at you right after this. You know, Pete, it's hard work planning a Disney vacation. Of course, your whole family has to get going. You got to pack everything up. You got to figure out where you're eating. You got to figure out where you're staying. But you know what makes life so much easier? Makes your trip planning a more fun experience. Tell me, that sounds like something I need. Absolutely, you need a travel agent. Do we know one of those? We absolutely do. We know our good friend and sponsor, Dave Weikert of Magical Travel, the official travel agent of Two Men in the Mouse, folks. We've both used him. Yes, we have. Dave Weikert plans our Disney vacations all the time, and we would not recommend him if we didn't use his services ourselves. Dave started his Cranford-based business here in 2008 and in that time has been planning hundreds of Walt Disney World vacations. Dave plans every trip as if it were his own and you will never find someone more passionate about Disney. Very easy to work with and will do his best to make sure you're satisfied. Working with Dave, you're likely to pay less and get more. And what's better than that, Peter Mandel? Tell me. You never pay a charge for Dave's services. It is 100% free. Dave will plan your entire trip for no additional cost to you. That sounds awesome. Absolutely. Dave has helped over 875 families enjoy their Disney vacations. A graduate of the College of Disney Knowledge, Dave has visited every Disney World resort and has personally stayed at 12 Disney World resorts. He's dined also at every Disney restaurant. He's crazy about Disney food. That is an accomplishment. Absolutely. I wish I could say I did that. That's like the snack challenge times 10. Yep. Dave also gives you Disney dollars for land packages and shipboard credits for any Disney Cruise Line vacations you might be going. Uh, This can be used as cash at any Disney destination or store. Traveling with kids in your party, Dave will also provide you autograph books for all your kids. He gave them to us? Absolutely. Your kids went down with Dave Weiker autograph books. Of course. Well, Disney autograph books supplied by Dave Weiker. Depends how his name on Dave simplifies your life by booking your complete vacation, including resort stay, airlines, Disney meal plans, and park passes. Also, checks daily for new discounts. When specials are announced, he immediately checks availability and rebooks your vacation at the lowest possible price. Dave can also book all your Disney dining and will do his best to get hard-to-book reservations like Cinderella's Royal Table and Be Our Guest. It's really, truly a no-brainer. Folks, take the stress out of your life. Dave Weikert of Magical Travel, the official travel agent of Two Men in the Mouse. If you and your family are taking a trip to the Orlando area this year, your little ones deserve to stroll in style. Lugging a stroller from home can be an annoying and frustrating part of the first leg of your journey, and renting those hard plastic strollers from Disney theme parks can be both costly and uncomfortable for your kids. Well, I'm here to tell you about the solution to your child transport problems, and that's Kingdom Strollers. Kingdom Strollers is a Disney-featured stroller and crib provider that does exactly what you're looking for at a great price. 
Not only is it less expensive than renting a stroller from the theme parks themselves, but these are padded luxury models with features like drink holders, canopies, storage baskets, and more. What's more, you keep this stroller with you for your entire trip, whereas park-rented strollers, you got to return them before you leave the park that day. This is going to make those late-night post-fireworks bus stop queues so much easier, and Dad's shoulders are going to thank you for it. So, how does it work? You just go to kingdomstrollers.com and make your selection on the stroller or crib that's right for your child. Just let the good folks over there know a great time for delivery and pickup and where you'll be staying. You can pick your stroller or crib up from the luggage stand at your resort and then drop them back off there at the end of your stay. So pack light, leave your stroller at home, and save up to a whopping 50% versus park price stroller rentals when you visit kingdomstrollers.com. Hi there, this is Monica Pinto from the Mouse in Our House podcast, inviting you to join me here every other Friday for all things Disney from my perspective. Let's face it, with our fast-paced lives in a crazy world, always running from one place to another, from hectic work days to family responsibilities, from household chores to those never-ending errands, it sometimes seems impossible to survive until your next Disney trip. How to turn that around? Easy, by keeping a little bit of that Disney magic in our everyday lives. So go ahead, sit back, relax, grab a cup of coffee and a little something sweet, and let's chat Disney. Join me here on the White Dragon Podcast Network every other Friday where we'll celebrate all the magic, all the fun, all the memories, and even some stuff that's not so magical. But don't worry, a little bit of pixie dust should take care of that. So until then, I hope you remember to keep the mouse in your house. Hello, I'm Storybook Julius, the White Dragon Podcast Network's resident Canadian and the host of Storybook Radio, a Walt Disney World and Universal Studios podcast appearing every Wednesday here on WDPN. Walt Disney was a storyteller, and well, so am I. Now, I'm not saying that I'm as cool as Walt Disney or anything, but I'm saying that if you're looking for a unique take on the Walt Disney World and Universal Studios theme parks, with immersive looks at their stories, backstories, and histories, you've come to the right place. Head on over to iTunes, Stitcher, or Podomatic to subscribe to and download the Storybook Radio podcast each and every Wednesday. You can also check out www.storybookradio.com for more details and more content. Hello, humans! My name is Morty Monster, and I'm... uh, Well... I'm a monster. I'm here as an exchange student from the monster world, where growing up I fell in love with the world of human pop culture. Unfortunately, not a lot of monsters share that passion, so I came here to experience all of these things that I love and to share that passion with all of you. I do this through my YouTube channel with regular video blogs. One of my favorite things to do is film while in the theme parks of Orlando, Florida. Join me in Walt Disney World, Universal Studios, SeaWorld, and more. I'll also be reviewing comic books, web videos, TV shows, movies, and other awesome stuff. Find me on Facebook at facebook.com slash MortyMonster. I'm on Instagram as MortyMonster and Friends. I'm also on Twitter as MortyMonsterBFF. From there, you can find a link to my YouTube videos. Please like, subscribe, love, sign up for notifications and more for all the Morty content. I can't wait to share my adventures with all of you. Morty Monster!
Folks, in this world of comic cons and massive events, there is one convention every year that is the epitome of magic. That's D23, the official fan event for Disney. Uh, D23 holds a convention every year, but every other year, it takes place in the U.S. At that time, Disney unveils so much for the world of TV, movies, and of course, the Disney theme parks. Well, this past week, the D23 convention made its return to U.S. soil, and it did not disappoint. So much was announced at this year's D23, from the Star Wars Hotel to a complete and total reimagining of Epcot. That's why this week, for our e-ticket attraction of the week, Pete and I are dishing on all the biggest Walt Disney World news to come out of D23. And all the D23 news this week is brought to you by Kingdom Strollers. Uh, They will rent you the crib or stroller of your dreams and deliver it right to your Disney resort. KingdomStrollers.com. Check them out. Okay, Pete, so were you as glued to the D23 news as I was? um, Of course. Yeah. So the D23 panel was Saturday, the 25th. Uh, the D23 right. panel for the parks. So that's that's kind of where I was like... I mean, I was following all the Disney Plus stuff and all the movie stuff as well, but I was more focused on the parks, obviously. that is. The, I agree, me too. Yeah. And, I mean, what a year. Like, some years at D23, they, they, they unveil like little things here and there. I mean, we all remember the D23 where they announced Galaxy's Edge, and now right. here we are two days from its opening. Uh, well, now we've got so... So we've got Hollywood Studios, Magic Kingdom... Disney Springs, Beyond the Parks, and uh, Epcot to get through. So let's jump right in. Um, we'll jump into Disney's Hollywood Studios because that was kind of where I felt like there wasn't there wasn't really much. Uh, they did give us our first look inside Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway. Did you see the inside, like the sets and stuff like that? I did. I liked how everything was 2D. Most of the sets were all flat. Um, I was surprised that there were so many physical sets. I thought that this was going to be like a universal kind of deal with like all the screens. I'm I, I'm not surprised. I only say that because I mean Disney hasn't gone that route yet. I, I'm not saying that they won't, but I, you know, the universal rights to me sometimes seem so one sided. Yes, like they're all like that. I just can't see Disney. Well, know, every new ride, ride that like- Universal rolls out is like that, and I think that's uh, apparently this new Hagrid ride is pretty awesome. Like. Uh, Somebody somebody gave a review of that new Hagrid's Magical Creatures coaster, mm-hmm. and they were like, it's the second best ride in all of Orlando after Peter Pan's flight. And I was like, what? But um, <laughs> No, it does look cool. I mean, I'm not a coaster person, but yeah. uh, I, I hear there's a lot of starts and stops, and, and that's cool for a coaster. And blast-ended scroots. Um, which we never saw in the movies. The and you know it's still got like a four hour wait every day, so I haven't I haven't gone near it yet. But um, yeah, I'll let you know when I do ride it. But it's nice to see that they were kind of like stepping away from the screens. But yeah, I, I feel like there will be some screen action going on in this in this Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway. Oh yeah, I mean definitely. Now Disney, this was supposed to be out already, from what I understand. Like it was supposed to be out this year. I thought it was also. Well, then they moved it back saying spring 2020, and now they've stepped back from that spring time frame, and they just said it opens in 2020. So it coming right. next year. Um, I think it's a uh, unique situation, and, I, and I'm not knocking the ride because, I mean, I'm anxious to go on it, but right. I, I don't think we care so much. So these, like, delays, yeah. like, like, if Star Wars Land had been pushed back, like, everyone would have been like, what? Like... Yeah, I, I don't think anyone cares enough to for this to really be a big deal. So I agree with you on that. Uh, the 
it's and you know you still got the Chinese theater as like this center point of the park, so it doesn't really bother anybody that you can't go inside of it. Um, and what do you think about the mock-up for like how the front's going to look? I didn't love it. I didn't either. It, it looked kind of tacky. I know. I, I really didn't like it. Yeah. So I'm hoping that like I'm hoping that maybe they'll they'll step back they're, from that. But who they're knows? They're not gonna. Yeah. Probably. <laughs> they not. wouldn't. They wouldn't have shown you concept art if this hadn't been fully approved. Well, I mean, but what is the point of showing concept art if you're not going to gauge the reactions of the audience? It's true, but like, what's like, like you know, it's like putting out a Sonic the Hedgehog movie trailer, and then everybody, the entire universe is one goes, yeah, and you go well, back. But it's and also com- to get you excited. Yeah, I mean, why show right. you the ride vehicle? True, but then you go back. They've and already you- built the ride vehicle. They're not going to go and change it if everyone's like, that looks terrible. Yeah, but something like outside signage is not really. I agree, but do you think people protest the outside signage? Nah, probably people right not. There. Probably not. And, and you know what? It'll happen, and we'll be like, "Okay, there it is," and then we'll get on with our lives, and we'll 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 grow to love it. Like that's that's just you know is how it works. Uh, Magic Kingdom. We got a name for the Tron roller coaster. Uh, it is called Tron Light Cycle Run, and it also revealed the ride vehicle, which is a light cycle, obviously, and the cast member costumes, which are very Tron, very you know, the high tech looking, um, futuristic outfits. So very excited for that. Yeah, I can't wait. Every time I I'm go hoping- on, yeah, every time I go on um, the People Mover, I'm always psyched to see the progress that they're making. I'm hoping it's not crazy, crazy. I, I mean, it's not. I don't think it's going to go upside down or anything. I think it's just going to be like a, you know, like a Slinky or a Big Thunder. Yeah, I hope so. I love Tron, so I, I'm I'm going to have to do it no matter what because. Yeah, I, I'm not going to get that many Tron things in my life. Yeah, this is very true. This might be the last Tron thing you ever get. Uh, <clears throat> though I could see them doing like a Disney Plus Tron movie just to kind of like test the waters. Why not? I mean, Disney Plus is such a game changer. You've got so many possibilities. Like, you don't have to worry about like, oh, well, we have this idea, but we don't know if we have airtime for it or a movie studio doesn't, you know, the movie, the movie division doesn't really want to put it out. Like now it's just like, yeah, Disney Plus. There you go. You mean like a Lady and the Tramp live action? Yes, which got turfed right to Disney Plus. <laughs> but that, but it seems right that that should be where it is. Right, I feel like Dumbo should have been Disney Plus. Well, don't tell Tim Burton that. I probably wouldn't tell Tim Burton anything except I hate you. Uh, you don't hate Tim Burton. I do hate Tim Burton. I think he's a hack. Come on. No, I I really do. I hate it. Like somebody was like, "Well, you'll like Tim Burton once you see Edward Scissorhands." Halfway through Edward Scissorhands, I turned to my friend and I was like, "This is the worst movie I've ever seen. Turn it off." It isn't, and I'm telling you, Edward you Scissorhands really is terrible. It's not terrible. It's a that, terrible that's movie. One of Danny Elfman's best scores ever. Well, um, I I did like the score. The one good thing Tim Burton ever did was Night Before Christmas, and he didn't even do it. He didn't direct it. He was just a producer on it. Well, well yeah, but it all came from his brain. They're like his ideas. Yeah, yeah. His 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 vision, his wonderful vision. Dark, and cre- dark, dark, yeah. creepy, sickeningly thin people that has Johnny Depp and Helena Bonham Carter in it. Well, Johnny Depp, you're, you're thinking of uh, Corpse Bride. No, I'm thinking of every movie he's ever made. Oh, yeah. Listen, uh, newer Tim Burton. I, I can't tell you I really care about Alice in Wonderland or any of these movies. Movie where Batman um, Batman straight up kills the Joker at the end of it. But I'm okay with that. That's how movies were done then. 
comic book movies were were adaptations in the 80s and 90s. They basically took the comic book and said, hmm, but how do we make this into a movie? It wasn't for a long time that they realized we can pretty much do this and people will like it. I do kind of, by the way, I do do like Batman Returns. I will say that is one movie of his that I do, I do enjoy. Um, But that's... Could you go up yourself, Pfeiffer? Because uh, I love Michelle Pfeiffer, and I and I just love that moment where like the penguins with the rockets on their backs like try to like blow up the bat skiff, and Michael it's Keaton awesome. Michael Keaton gives the greatest performance of his life when he kind of like looks back like after he gets away from them and he's just like has this look on his face like did I almost just get killed by penguins? <laughs> uh, Come on, you don't like Pee Wee's Big Adventure? No, really, I'm really not a Pee Wee Herman guy to begin with. I know, but I'm not either. But Pee Wee's Big Adventure is wonderful, and then he goes on to star in Star Tours. It, it, you know, here's there. You know what? I will say there is one other thing that I enjoyed was uh, I liked Sweeney Todd, but I like Sweeney Todd because I like Sweeney Todd. I like the music. Yeah, I, I, I don't like the way he did it. Like I just like the music and I liked seeing it. And I thought Johnny Depp did it. Oh, did, I thought Johnny Depp and Helena Bottom Carter did a good job with that one. But you know, what about Beetlejuice? You're not a Beetlejuice guy. You know, I've never seen Beetlejuice. I haven't either, really, so I can't say. But I mean, I know people like love it. Yeah, yeah. So I think I might have. To, I will. I will see Beetlejuice. I used to when I was a kid. I used to think that the Beetlejuice cartoon. I used to think the Beetlejuice movie was a movie that was made of the Beetlejuice cartoon. Okay. <laughs> right? I also thought the Ghostbusters movie was a movie that was made of the Ghostbusters cartoon. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. So I was like, why is Slimer not like with them? I will say my favorite Tim Burton movie. Nightmare Before Christmas aside, it's is not a Sleepy Hollow. Okay, it's only a sleep, Sleepy Hollow. Okay, you ever see Sleepy Hollow? No. <sighs> uh, we, I can't tell you he's not a hack because he is now. But yeah. <laughs> we've got some... at one point, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was great. At one point, yeah, no, they all were. Steven Spielberg was wonderful at one point, and he's not that great anymore. Like, uh-huh. you know what I'm Spielberg. But but I give Spielberg credit because he's the polar opposite of what you think Burton is. Spielberg's not afraid to make movies that are really different from each other. True. Like he wants to just make film. Now, granted, as we get older, you know, they kind of want to do their own passion projects, so maybe it all kind of blends a little bit. But um, well, and here's the thing: I know Spielberg has done a lot of really good in recent years, like the Lincoln movie everybody loved, and I didn't see that. And so Spielberg still has it in him, but I I can't forgive Spielberg for Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. I get it. <laughs> I was I was going to admit for a split second that I don't hate that movie. There are things in it I don't hate, um, but, but I know it's bad at the same time. All, I can't try and tell you it's good. All I can remember is Shia LaBeouf swinging from vines with those helpful monkeys. Yeah, and that's when I was like, nope. Uh, all right, ready to move on. We got some Disney Springs news for from D twenty three. Uh, I don't know if I'm ready now after that. The opening date dates have been announced. The tickets are on sale for the new Cirque du Soleil show coming to Disney Springs. Okay, this is interesting. Uh, previews begin in March 2020, and the show officially opens on April the 17th. Tickets are $62 to $152, depending on where you're sitting. Uh, the original show will be created by Cirque du Soleil and will pay homage to Disney's rich history of animation with a vivid story told in a way that only Cirque du Soleil can deliver. Daniel Lamar, president and CEO of Cirque du Soleil Entertainment Group, elaborated, saying, We are incredibly inspired by Disney's immense creative universe. We are convinced that bringing Disney's magic to life on stage will touch audiences and bring them back to their childhood. 
Hmm. So it's a Disney-inspired Cirque du Soleil. I think it's a great idea. I think it's a good idea, too. I would still rather it just become a theater that houses, like, the Disney Broadway shows, but... Yeah. I'm good I'm good with this. All right, so beyond the parks now we're going, because we're going to close with Epcot, obviously. Uh, have you heard about this digital planning assistant, the Disney Genie? Yes. So I, I don't understand if this is replacing my Disney experience or if it's just like an addition to. It's kind of like I a. I think it's an addition to. It's like a digital assistant. It's almost like a Siri or like a you know, kind of thing like that, or or Alexa, but for Disney parks. Right. I mean, basically, you know, the little bit I read on it, it almost seems like it's something not designed for me or you. Yes. And with me and you not being the main client for Disney, you yeah, know what I, agree. I mean? Yeah. So I think this is something to help people who maybe, you know, need like some assistance with the parks. And so the other thing is like, I think this is going after uh, sites like touring plans and stuff that do like the custom itineraries. Right. Like Disney's like Disney has this thing it does where it like tries to like shut down these like these these like things that try to make money off of their um, off of their IP. Like when they go through Etsy shops and steal all the designs, which I mean, right. they're in their right to do that. It's it it stinks, but um, so Disney Genie will make planning easier and more fun by providing custom itineraries geared to your interests right at your fingertips. From a royal princess themed day at Magic Kingdom Park to a trip around the world at Epcot for foodies, and even a perfect day for thrill seekers, certain features of Disney Genie will also be available through your preferred travel professional. So. We got to talk to Dave Weikert and see what he knows about Disney Genie. Because hmm. he's going to be working with it. You should make that phone call. What, what if it's like you, you like, you're sent a lamp in the mail and like you rub the lamp and Dave Weikert comes out <laughs> to plan your Disney vacation for you? Oh, that'd be pretty fun. Um, sometimes you may know exactly what you want to do, but may not know the best time or order in which to do it. You'll be able to tell Disney Genie what you'd like to experience, and it will quickly evaluate millions of options to present you with an optimal day. And best of all, it's flexible. If you change your mind for any reason, Disney Genie will re-optimize your day. Uh, Disney Genie can also send you real-time tips and updates, including recommendations for experiences and things you'll love, helping you navigate the theme parks with added convenience and comfort. If you don't want to worry about making reservations in multiple steps, Disney Genie will even take care of that for you. Uh, one thing I saw is, like, Disney Genie will tell you, like, hey, Test Track is, like, a 70-minute wait right now, but I'm willing to bet that, like, you know, in three hours, it'll be a 40-minute wait based on... Right. But the problem is like, Disney Genie's telling everyone this. Right. So it's yeah. like So I'm like I'm like it's one thing if you're only telling me this Disney Genie, but you're telling everyone. Now everyone's going to run there in 3 hours. I can't say I think that this is something I would ever care about, but again, you know, let's keep an open mind, who knows, maybe yeah. it comes out and it's just awesome. I mean, I I hope that it works. It's the My Disney Experience app and the WaltDisneyWorld.com don't really give me hope for that, right? Because they don't really work. Uh, but the though I will say, My Disney Experience has gotten a lot better. Like I was able to mobile order the other day, like without having to worry about the app crashing. Right, that's a bonus. But, or mobile ordered a Pinocchio Village House actually. Oh, what'd you get? I got a chicken parm sandwich. It was actually surprisingly good. 
I am trying to find, I spent some of my Saturday night trying to, I always am, I'm sure other people have this problem. I always end up having a zillion snack options, right? Yeah. So I'm trying to find a list of like snack options for the park so I can like optimize. Oh, those exist online. My, I know, but so here's the thing, right? Like when I see snack option, first off, I'm not talking about like a bottle of Diet Coke. A bag or, of chips. Like I want like actual good snacks, but then on top of that, I kind of don't like I was looking for snack options that aren't desserts. Okay. They exist. No, they definitely do exist. It's just a matter of trying to find them. Yeah, absolutely. As opposed to randomly walking around carts, like in whatever park you are in and seeing what's there. I was going to so, say like the confectionery or like the candy shop in um, DHS, but you don't want desserts. Like you can get the second, right. the second most popular snack in all of Walt Disney World, the carrot cake cookie. Man, that thing. I'm surprised they even still have it in stock. Right? It popular. flies off the shelves because it's the, most, it's the second most popular. I'm telling you, it's what I was told. Why, I don't know uh, why there isn't enough carrot cake cookie merchandise. It's so popular. We have like Mickey ice cream bar t-shirts, <laughs> magic bands with little whips on it. I don't know. Where, where's the? Where's my carrot cake cookie uh, oh, orange magic band? You're laying it on thick today. <laughs> um, okay. Did you hear about this uh, Target and Walt and Disney uh, coming to like in a, a partnership agreement? I did. I think this is a great idea. Yeah, so Disney and Target are joining forces to bring a Target store to Walt Disney World and open Disney stores stop-in shops to uh, Target stores nationwide. So like a whole section of Target that'll just be Disney. And putting a Target in Walt Disney World is a pretty cool idea because people always need like that kind of like Target-specific stuff. Um, oh, yeah. There is a Target on um, Earl Bronson on 192. Um I I believe I took my friend Jason there one time uh, from Disney Dad's podcast uh, when he needed stuff like sunscreen and whatnot. Uh, so there is a there is a Target, but you have to leave Disney property in order to get to it. So now there's going to be a Target on Disney property. Uh, Target and Disney are coming together for a project that includes the launch of 25 Disney stores within select Target stores nationwide on October 4th, with 40 additional locations opening by October 2020. Uh, the stop in shop will feature an enhanced Disney assortment of more than 450 items, including more than 100 products that were previously only available in Disney retail locations. So that's that's pretty cool. All right, are you ready to talk about the Star Wars Hotel? I mean, if you put a Target in Disney World, it has to have like a uh, a picture spot, right? A Target picture spot? Like, have you ever been in a Target where they have like the Target dog? I got a bench and you can sit down and take a picture? Uh, No. Okay. Well, the Target by me has that. Okay. And there's, like, another one that has, like, a huge, like, it's the dog, like, coming out of a box. It's, like, this huge display. Okay. Not necessarily a picture spot, but it is there. If you're going to build a Target in Disneyland and you have an adorable, like, mascot, should I say, wouldn't you have, like, a, I don't mean a meet and greet, but wouldn't you have, like, a picture spot? Like a picture spot with a dog wearing, like, mouse ears and or I something really like that? And I take a picture of this and send it to you. They literally, this one at the Target by me, they have. The one in Clark? Like, it's, like. I believe it's the one in Clark. They have, I can't remember if it's that or the, it's not the Menlo one. They have like a bench with the dog on it. And okay. like, it's like a red bench. This is inside the middle of the store. This isn't like outside. And you can like sit on the bench and take a picture with the target dog. Like wow. it's a cool idea. I want to go spend yeah. money at target right now just to get that but, I mean, picture with the dog. If you're already at target. Why wouldn't you do it? Right. No, I get it. So the star Wars hotel 
It's officially called the Star Wars Galactic Star Cruiser. Now, okay. Now, it's going to be functioning more like a cruise ship than a hotel. The thing that I found really interesting in hearing about it was that it's not like, so I can't be like, hey, I'm checking into the Star Wars Hotel on Monday, and you're like, oh, yeah, cool, I'm checking in on Tuesday. No, it's like a cruise ship. Everybody checks yeah. in at the same time. Right. So that's really interesting. Guests will cruise the galaxy in style aboard the Halcyon, a star cruiser known throughout the galaxy for its impeccable service and exotic destinations. On board, they will stay in well-appointed cabins, experience onboard dining, make a planet-side excursion to Black Spire Outpost on Batu, and much more. Throughout the journey, guests will be invited to delve deeper into their personal adventures by participating in onboard activities, interacting with characters, crew, and other passengers that they meet, and becoming part of the action and the broader Star Wars saga. And the adventure begins when guests arrive at the Galactic Star Cruiser Terminal at Walt Disney World and check in for their two-night experience. So it's a two-night, three-day experience here. All guests will arrive and depart at the same time, much like a cruise ship. Guests will be invited to enter a launch pod for transport into space. Through windows above, they'll see themselves leave the real world behind as they jump to hyperspace and draw closer and closer to the Halcyon. When the launch pod docks with the Halcyon and the airlock opens, guests will step into the ship's main deck, Atrium, to begin their journey through a galaxy far, far away. A visit aboard the Halcyon becomes a multi-day story that interweaves with members of the crew, other passengers, familiar Star Wars characters, and an excursion to Galaxy's Edge. Uh, the all-immersive experience also features entertainment activities such as wielding a lightsaber while facing off against a training remote where guests may just discover their own connection with the Force, Visiting the Star Cruiser's bridge to learn about the ship's systems and how to operate them, including navigation and defense, skills that may just come in handy during a journey through this adventure-filled galaxy. And there's more. Every window in the Halcyon, including those in each cabin, has a view of the galaxy beyond, with ever-changing vistas as the ship progresses from place to place. Guests will be able to explore the Halcyon and perhaps discover hidden spaces deep in the mechanics of the ship, perfect for uncovering secrets or holding secret meetings. Pete, this sounds ridiculously amazing. It does. So here's my question. If I'm going to stay here and go to Disney World, am I pretty much making this an add-on to my Disney trip as opposed to the hotel on that while I'm going to Epcot that day? No, yeah, you are on the ship, apparently. Like, you're not... To me, this does not sound like you're leaving the ship to go to Magic Kingdom for a fast Other pass. than go to like Batu. Yeah, you you have your and now here's the thing, like when they're doing this, I wonder if like we'll be able to figure out like when the Batu um like ex- shore excursions for lack of a better term are going to be so you can like avoid Batu during that time, like make that part of your because you figure hundreds of people are going to be pouring into Galaxy's Edge on that time to- at that time, so that's not a good time to go. Right. So I wonder if that information is going to be made available. You think there's going to be enough to do in there? I yes, I do. I think that if they're they're treating it like a cruise ship, then I think absolutely there's going to be lots of stuff to do. I think there's going to be probably different restaurants to go to. Like this sounds completely crazy, go nuts, bananas. An outer uh, a, a cruise ship in outer space, like come on. I agree with you, but 
I mean, listen, there's an episode of Doctor Who that shows me that that might not be a great idea. But other than that, this sounds like a wonderful, wonderful experience. Like, I've never wanted to go on a cruise because I feel like there's like I'm a little go, go, go when I'm on vacation. You know, you're doing this. And I feel like I feel like there's not enough to do. But I mean, here's the other thing. Like. You talk about expense like you're let's say you're already paying, you know, a couple grand for your Disney vacation staying five, right. six, seven days. You're going to plop down another like three grand per, per like per person to like for you. This Halcyon like this this cruise would probably be like twelve thousand dollars. Right. That's what I'm saying. It's not impossible. Yeah. Do we really believe those numbers? I do. Per person? Yeah, I mean, I, if it's as immersive as they're saying, I, I don't know. Kevin, for a, th- a two-night experience, family of four, I mean, I have, been, uh, you know, the normal number of, like, you know, family size, you think it's going to be 12 grand? I don't know. Maybe, I mean, maybe it's a, maybe it's a per cabin thing? It, I mean, everything I'm reading says it's not. Oof, man, that's, that is rough. I don't know. I, I again, we got to wait for the official numbers. Yeah. I know this is going to sound crazy, and people are going to be like, "You're," you know. I also don't necessarily need to do this, and I'm not saying that just because of the numbers. I need to like, do it at least once. I I love my Disney trip. Like, I don't know if I want to have like an all, you know, a, a crazy immersive. Like, you have to stay there, and like you're not really going. Like, I'm into like my Disney trip. Yeah, no, I, I, I get that. To the parks every day. I get that. So now you're telling me I'm going to be right there? Yeah. Yeah, I guess. Huh. I hadn't thought of it like that, and I feel like a lot of people might agree with you on this. I don't know. I, listen, I, again, I, I need more you know, facts before I can really make a decision on right. it. But on top of the fact, like my wife, she likes Star Wars. She loves Star Wars. I don't know if she wants to do this. Right. Yeah, it makes sense. You know, my daughter, sure, she likes Star Wars to an extent. But you're telling me when this opens, she's going to be like 13 or 14? Like, meh. I get that. I don't know. I'm, I- I'm curious. It doesn't seem like it has the flexibility either in cost or in, like, um, you know, other Disney options to make it, like, totally appeal to everyone. Is this, like, really, like, a place to go for, like, the hardest core of Star Wars fans only? Because not every family is made up of exclusively hardcore Star Wars fans. That's also very true. You know what I mean? I definitely could see that. Is mom going to want to sacrifice this? Because she's not really into Star Wars, but the kids are. So now I'm going to go. I mean, I guess I'm sure. Maybe. Maybe. You know? Yeah. But I don't know. All right. Are you ready to talk about Epcot? Let's do this. All right. Future World is gone. Gone, baby, gone. Well, I mean, not yet, but it will be gone, baby, gone. Uh, To an extent. Is being replaced by three new neighborhoods. According to Disney, Epcot will be unified with four neighborhoods that each speak to important aspects of the world and its people. So Epcot is gone, is no longer the experimental prototype community of tomorrow. It is now a celebration of the world, essentially. Uh, So you're going to have World Showcase, World Celebration, World Nature, and World Discovery. These neighborhoods will be filled with new experiences rooted in authenticity and intervention that uh, that take you to new destinations where the real is made fantastic and a celebration of curiosity, hands-on wonder, 
and the magic of possibility. So world celebration is going to be like the the future world that we know now, like the that that stretch from Spaceship Earth right. toward World Showcase, where Interventions and Club Cool and Starbucks and Mouse Gear and all that good stuff is. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, world Nature is going to be the side that has the seas with Nemo and friends, the land. World Discovery is going to be. Um, like Test Track and Guardians of the Galaxy and Mission Space right. and all that stuff. Uh, so World Celebration will offer new experiences that connect us to one another and the world around us. The iconic spaceship Earth will remain a voyage through time as the journey transforms to reflect the power of storytelling to unite the human experience. New narration and an entirely new musical score will focus on the moments and ideas that define our story. You will follow a magical story light that brings the entire experience to life in dynamic ways, giving each scene energy and beauty that ties the entire journey together. All right. So right off the bat, we're changing space. We knew that the spaceship Earth change was coming. Correct. And they're, they're saying it might be closed for like two, three years. So it's going to be a whole new attraction. It's going to be a whole new attraction. But, you know, I think there's going to be a lot of classic spaceship Earth in there. Yeah. A new festival pavilion will be the venue for Epcot's signature festivals. It will provide an elevated view of the entire park and an ideal spot to witness Epcot's nighttime spectacular. The three-level structure will feature a plaza level, a middle expo level, and a park that sits in the sky on the top level. This is cool. Like, yeah, I like that. For so long, they've been putting the festival center in like the Odyssey or in the Wonders of Life pavilion, but now you know Wonders of Life is being retooled into the play pavilion. So we need a new festival center and a dedicated festival center building makes a lot of sense to me, especially considering there's always a festival going on, except for what, two months out of the year. Right. And that'll be the no festival festival. Yeah. Epcot's entrance plaza will be transformed with new experiences that connect us with the world, welcoming you with a reimagined fountain, new pathways and sweeping green spaces that beautify the entry, the entryway. The design will pay homage to the origins of Epcot. At the exit of Spaceship Earth, there will be a new view of World Showcase from Dreamer's Point. World Celebration will also feature a new statue celebrating the legacy of the original Dreamer, Walt Disney, and natural environments and global design elements filled with Disney magic and surprises, including a wishing tree in an enchanted forest and a story fountain celebrating the power of music and iconic Disney storytelling. Did you see that statue? I did see the statue. It looks pretty cool. I love it. I really love it, too. Uh, I mean, as a Walt guy, I'm sure you're, like, over the moon for it. I think it's it. the coolest thing in the world. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it, it sounds like a pretty cool concept, you know, for this Dreamer's Point thing. The The Enchanted Forest is kind of where they're losing me a little bit. Yeah. Like, that, that seems more like a Magic Kingdom thing than an Epcot thing. Right. But I get that. then again, Epcot's a-changing. Uh, my friend Zach called it IPCOT, IPCOT. Well, that's what we've always said, though, that they should do. Yeah. World Nature is dedicated to understanding and preserving the beauty, awe, and balance of the natural world. It will include the land and the seas with Nemo and Friends pavilions. Now, did you notice the pavilion that was not mentioned there is the Imagination Pavilion? Right. I'm wondering when, but the imagine the glass pyramid is still there in the concept art. Right. So are they just not touching it? 
they can't get rid of it. It's, it's, it's so small. Just let it, let that stay Just there. Let it be. I mean, I was really hoping for a new Figment attraction, but I don't know. Uh, we there, there was no announcement of that though. Journey of Water, inspired by Moana, will be the first experience inspired by the hit Walt Disney Animation Studios film. This lush exploration trail will invite guests to meet and play with magical living water. The water will have a life of its own, just like Moana's friend, the ocean, and guests will learn about the importance of natural water cycle. Of the natural water cycle. So, um, an exploration trail with water features. That's not, I mean, I always love what Disney does with water stuff. Like whether it's a jumping fountain or whether it's the water screens of Fantasmic and Rivers of Light, like they do really cool things with water. <laughs> I agree with you. I just at the same time, this is how I am. I really like this lazy sometimes on vacation. I hear exploration trail, and I'm like, ah, okay, I'm going to do that sometimes. Well, it sounds to me like you have to walk through it to get to the seas. Right, you do. And obviously the land is staying put, um, Soren's staying put. The Land Pavilion's new film, Awesome Planet, which showcases the beauty, diversity, and dynamic story of the planet, will open in January of 2020. In World Discovery, stories about science, technology, and intergalactic adventure come to life. This area of the park will include the new Play Pavilion, Space 2020 Restaurant, Test Track, Mission Space, and Guardians of the Galaxy Cosmic Rewind, which is the name of the show, the name of the attraction. Um, so I'm going to say something here and it's going to sound kind of negative. Okay. Um, is it just me or is new Epcot old Epcot wearing a new sweater? I think it's funny that you're saying that as a negative. I think that's a positive. I was going to say the same thing and in a positive way. I guess I was just looking for new attractions and like new, like a new figment ride and new, like uh, we got a new spaceship earth. We got a Moana walking trail and then just a bunch of pretty new flowers. But we are getting new things. You know, I mean, we already know about Guardians of the Galaxy. We know Spaceship Earth is changing. We're getting the space restaurant. I mean, we are getting new things. That's true. I guess it's it's like um, it was all announced slowly. So, Right. This is kind of like the culmination. But the fact that this, you know, even the posters they put out still had that Epcot feel to them. And yes, we're kind of changing the name of Future World. But, you know, let's face it, it's still Future World kind of like this is what I wanted. I I wanted like a, a paint job. On a park that, you know, needs a little bit of a facelift. Yep. A little bit. Redoing the front. I mean, it sounds silly, but I mean, how important is that? Like, that walk is so weird in the intro of Epcot. It's just odd. Like, You're not going to miss the legacies, you know, huh? I, I mean, <laughs> like, those things are so ridiculous. Yeah, they're weird. I mean, it's like, oh, this is the weirdest park opening of all time. Like, it just feels strange. So I, it needed that. Like, I feel like they're just kind of, I don't think Epcot needs a lot of work. I think Epcot's bread and butter is bringing people in for food and wine and yes. having people come for the restaurants, right? I mean, why would they have that many restaurants? I think this is something that's simple. I don't think it's very super duper costly, which is good for them. And at the same time, they can kind of tweak a park that needs a little bit of tweaking, not fixing. I like the idea of the festival center from, from the, the concept art. It looks like it's going to be kind of in the area where like Club Cool is now. Maybe I mean, little... think about it this way. Like, okay, now Magic Kingdom never needs fixing, but Magic Kingdom is the bread and butter. So expanding Fantasyland right. is taking their biggest thing that they have and just making it bigger. Like, that's cool. But Studios needs to be fixed. Animal Kingdom needs some rides, right? Right. So they went, they did that. Yeah. So here's Epcot, which is a park that honestly doesn't need to be fixed. 
I mean, this does what they want to do. This is the desired right. outcome and, from. But the the it, thing about the thing it, with Epcot though is that you had a lot of empty buildings. You had the interventions and stuff like right. that, where like they gutted them to just make them character spots. Right. So yeah, I guess they did need to fill that space in. Yeah, I, you know what it is because they were kind of makeshifting different areas. I mean, it wasn't really designed for that. You know, it wasn't being used to its full potential. So I, I think this is just a matter of making making all the pieces fit in the right place. Right. Right. Okay. I without get that. having to get a whole new puzzle. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Um, now it's no, so Epcot's no longer about like invent. Well, I mean, I guess it still is kind of like that one side is going to be all about invention and whatnot, the discovery side. Yeah, but you know the concept of future world invention. I mean. I, listen, I've only been going since '98, but I can barely ever remember anything like that there. I remember interventions very well. I know, but like that's like it's it's important to an extent. Yes. You know? All right, so we have a new nighttime show. Okay. Harmony Us and the Us is, you know, capitalized. Uh, right. when I when I first saw it, I thought it was like Harmony Us like US is in the United States. And I was about to be like, did they turn this into did they turn Illuminations Reflections of Earth into a into a into a USA 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 show? But they didn't. Um it's us <laughs> it's us as in like the global community. In twenty twenty like all the other countries are like completely pitch black and just the America pavilions like lit up with like fireworks over it. Yep. Like- and the other countries are all just like, You're doing a great job, America. <laughs> you guys are the best. We love you. So- uh, in 2020, the new Harmony Us will debut at Epcot as the largest nighttime spectacular ever created for a Disney park. That's a big claim. Yeah. It will celebrate how the music of Disney inspires people the world over, carrying them away harmoniously on a stream of familiar Disney tunes repre- reinterpreted by a diverse group of artists from around the globe. So it sounds to me like you're going to take like the the songs that kind of go coincide with the countries and, you know make a nighttime spectacular out of them well maybe your canada song will be in there no i doubt it you know, uh, don't don't doubt you never know uh, maybe maybe according to disney harmony us will feature massive floating set pieces custom built led panels choreographed moving fountains lights pyrotechnics lasers and more sounds pretty awesome so uh, i'm excited about it. We got some more info on Guardians of the Galaxy. We have the name, obviously. We said before, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy Cosmic Rewind. Now, the the adventure starts in the Galaxarium, a planetarium-like exhibition that explores the similarities and mysteries of the formation of Earth's galaxy and Xandar. Uh, Guests will be invited to learn more about the treasures Xandar has to share until the moment when the Guardians of the Galaxy arrive and adventures across the cosmos ensue. Also confirmed is that the rotating ride vehicle will focus guests on the action or the rotating ride vehicle that will focus guests on the action will also feature a reverse launch, a first on a Disney coaster. Mm. So hopefully this is Xandar before Thanos decimates it. Yeah, for real. That'd be a bummer. Yeah. Uh, Mary Poppins. The Mary Poppins neighborhood is coming to World Showcase. Did you see this? Yes. So it's an expansion to the United Kingdom Pavilion that will see an entirely new neighborhood at the pavilion, complete with a Mary Poppins ride. 
guests will uh, step in time down Cherry Tree Lane past Admiral Boom's house, then enter number 17, home of the Banks family, where their adventure will begin. We have no specifics on the ride yet or when it's opening, but this this has Dark Ride written all over it. I can't wait. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited for it. Now, we're, we're in agreement here. This is going to be Julie Andrews' Mary Poppins, right? I don't know. Oh, they can't. That movie bombed, dude. Did it bomb? It bombed. Yeah, no, it bombed big time. Oh, that makes me sad. I didn't even know that. Um, I don't know. I I feel like it should be Julie Andrews because that's yeah. Mary Poppins. Yeah. But now details have been revealed for the uh, Epcot's Play Pavilion. The Play Pavilion will open in time for the 50th anniversary of Walt Disney World, part of the all new Walt Disney the World Discovery area of Epcot. In this digital metropolis, guests will discover an interactive city bursting with games, activities, and experiences that connect them with friends, family, and Disney characters, both real and virtual like never before. As part of this new pavilion, guests will have the chance to help legendary fashion icon Edna Mode on her quest to rid the world of uninspired style or make a splash competing in a water balloon fight hosted by Huey, Dewey, Louie, and Webby. I'm assuming, I'm like 90% sure in my mind, that that has to be new Huey, Dewey, Louie, and Webby. Yes. Which I'm all there for because I love the new DuckTales and look, give me something in the parks inspired by this new DuckTales and I'm all I'm all for it. I get that. Okay, moving along. Uh the spaceship earth update. So we, we you know, we talked about this a little bit before. It's remaining the park icon. Uh the journey inside is going to be transformed with new scenes that reflect the universal nature of the human experience. Uh, so we're going to have a new guide with all new narration that focuses on the storytelling that brings people together. Uh, Disney says that as you exit Spaceship Earth, you'll discover a breathtaking new view on Dreamer's Point, and it is rumored to be closing in late 2019. So this is not something that's going to be ready <coughs> Excuse me for the, the 50th anniversary, it doesn't sound like. Right. We have news on the space restaurant. Epcot's currently under construction space-themed restaurant has an official name, Space 220, and it will be one of the new additions to the new World Discovery neighborhood of Epcot. Space 220 will be a culinary experience featuring the celestial panorama of a space station, including daytime and nighttime views of Earth from 220 miles up. That's why 220. Um, You'll board a special elevator for a journey to a space station, and along the way, viewports will give you a real-time perspective as you travel high above the planet. Opening this winter and operated by Patina Restaurant Group, uh, it offers internationally inspired cuisine courtesy of executive chef Theo Schoeniger. More than 1,000 bottles of wine and craft beer will be available. Schoeniger has recently been the executive chef of new Italian concepts at Marie and Enzo's Ristorante and Enzo's Hideaway Tunnel Bar at Disney Springs. Okay, and um, two, two more quick items. The Remy's Ratatouille Adventure is getting a 2020 opening. It's going to be in the summer. Originally, it was said it was going to be the spring, but now it's going to be the summer. As part of the France Pavilion expansion at Epcot, um, there's also going to be a new crepe restaurant in the summer of 2020, offering both table and quick service options, featuring a menu from celebrity chef Jerome Bocuse. There's also going to be a Beauty and the Beast sing-along, which will join the classic Impressions de France film, which opens in January 2020. All about this. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, And then finally... The Walt Disney Imagineering presents the Epcot Experience is opening in the Odyssey Pavilion in October. 
the Ep- Epcot's new preview center will be called the Walt Disney Imagineering Presents the Epcot Experience. The new exhibit will showcase the changes coming to Epcot as part of the park's redevelopment. According to Disney Inside, the first-of-its-kind offering within a Disney park, guests will discover engaging and interactive exhibits that allow you to step inside the relentless innovation, energy, and excitement, and see some never-before-revealed details driving the future of Epcot all throughout this unprecedented period of transformation. No word yet on if it's going to include unemployed Owl Hoot Gibson. Um, I mean, I would really like to see that. I would like to see it too, but I don't think it's going to happen. Um, it's unlikely. <laughs> I heard he sold his kidneys on the black market. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, so Ep- here's the here's the one thing that I think is kind of a takeaway for this for me. For the next couple of years, Epcot is going to be a disaster area. You mean construction wise? Yes. Yeah, I agree. Like it's going to be it's going to be a wall world after all. Because it's funny, you know, Epcot's the one park that I feel like you can really hang out in. Like, I can just walk around Epcot yeah. and be happy. Like, And I feel like that's going to be a little bit different for the next couple of years. I, I feel like it's going to look like a maze, almost. Like, with the amount of walls they're going to have to put up. Like, to get to, like, the land right. and the seas and stuff. None of the attractions are closing, from what I understand. Right. So... You know, we'll still be able to have access to everything. It's just going to not look nearly as pretty until it's done. Right. No, you're right. All right. Well, anything else you wanted to add about D23? Uh, I was really happy with everything. Yeah. So, I mean, this was a solid D23 for me. It really was. I would say probably probably the most um, information we've gotten from a D23 in a long time. Yeah. Parks probably wise. since that first one when they announced. Yeah. Uh, remember that first one they announced New Fantasyland. Right. And you know what? Listen, there's lots more news that was unveiled about other Disney parks throughout the world. We just didn't have enough time to get to it all. Like the Avengers campus coming to Disneyland. Right. With the Spider-Man ride and the Avengers ride. Like that seems amazing. Um, and, and honestly, should it like Disneyland should have gotten that instead of Galaxy's Edge. Yeah. I mean, you can have both there though. Yeah. But like, I, I don't know. I, I feel like. I feel like they're learning that like they don't need to put the same exact land in two different parks anymore. But they don't typically do that. You no, know, it but like it, it is different that they did that, and I think it, it's a failure in Disneyland for so far, at least. Yeah, let's give it some time. But in Avengers, Avengers Land, that's going to get me to Disneyland. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. Absolutely, because it's something you can't get here. Right. I mean, unless you go to Superhero Island at Universal Islands of Adventure, which you know. Sign me up. Um, all right. Well, without any, anything else, uh, that's going to do for Two Men of the Mouse this week, folks. Thank you so much for joining us and for going through all these D23, um, new, all the news and, and information that came out of D23 with us. We loved having you here. And if you love our good friend Peter Mantle, check him out over at Rogue Comics in Cranford, New Jersey at 105 North Union Avenue, Cranford, New Jersey, 07016. Or go to RogueComics.com where you can find a link to Pete's eBay store. If you are planning a trip to Disney World, Disney Cruise, Adventures by Disney, any Disney Resort throughout the known world, or Aulani out in Hawaii, even Universal Orlando, talk to Dave Weikert of Magical Travel who will plan your Disney vacation for you at no additional cost to you. He is the official travel agent of Two Men in the Mouth. Pete and I use them all the time. And uh, you can find Dave by go- by emailing him, DisneyDaveW at Verizon.net. If you're renting a Cribber Stroller for your next vacation, consider our friends over at KingdomStrollers.com who will deliver a Cribber Stroller right to your Disney resort. And folks, if you want a 
Um, you know, Two Men in the Mouse takes you on an auditory journey. If you want a visual journey into the worlds of Disney parks, check out Morty Monster and his vlog. Uh, you can find him on Facebook at facebook.com slash Morty Monster. You can go to uh, Instagram at Morty Monster and Friends and Twitter, Morty Monster BFF. You can find a link to his YouTube page there where he's always posting vlogs. He just posted one from Animal Kingdom the other day where he got to dance with uh, with Dale dressed as a dinosaur. Did you see that? Oh, that's cool. No, that's uh, awesome. Super cool. They danced to Eye to Eye from Goofy Movie. Oh, even better. Yep. He had a great time. He rode Dinosaur. He danced. You know, he went to the dance party. He uh, he rode the safari. We got to hear the lion roar, and that's in the video as well. So check it out, folks, at the Morning Monster YouTube channel. And for me, my books are always out there. You can check them out on Amazon.com. Uh, just go, just look at for Kevin J. Kessler on Amazon. You'll find the Ross and Auntie series and Witches of Elnora, Birth of the Dark Angel, all the books that I have out currently, with more coming on the way, hopefully very soon, if, if you're my publisher. All right, folks, that does it for this week. Thank you so much for joining us again this and every week. Pete, any closing words? I do. I just got to give a quick shout out to Michelle Klauberg. I hope I pronounced her name wrong or right. Yeah. Um, she was wonderful. And we had talked about my daughter dressing up for the Halloween party. Right. And she's always wanted to go to Parasol, the tightrope girl from Haunted Mansion. She had a dress that she had made for her daughter. And she sent it to me for my daughter. And shockingly, it actually fits pretty well. So it is going to be what she wears to the Halloween party this oh, year. Oh, that's so she's great. super excited. And I want to thank her for her kindness because it is like really, really a huge deal for my daughter. So it's really been great. Thank you so much, Michelle. I mean, that that's truly amazing and uh folks uh that does it for another week of two minutes in the mouse please keep the magic alive every day of your lives we will see you next week on two men and the mouse